Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your book. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, Vice President of the Author Incubator, Jen McRobbie. Well, hello, everybody. It's November 3rd, and as you know, every week on Book Journeys Radio, we speak to authors who've gone from having an idea to a finished book and now are out making an incredible difference in the world. So today's author wears many hats, including business coach, life coach, therapist, and award-winning hypnotist and accredited professional hypnotherapy instructor. So I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. So without further ado, let me introduce to you Erica Flint, the author of Reprogram Your Weight. Welcome, Erica. Thank you, Jen. It's great to be here today. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so glad you could join us. So to start, I always ask our authors to please um, tell the listeners what their book is about and who it's for. So can you do that for us? Yeah, absolutely. So this book is about how to lose weight even when everything else that you've tried has failed. And I think that this is a very common issue for people who have been on these yo-yo diets, uh, you know, a majority of their life for a lot of people. And so this book is intended to be for people who are tired of doing that and want an actual solution as to how do you actually lose weight? Like what is going on here? And as a hypnotherapist, I had been helping people in my office do this for a number of years and started seeing some patterns. And mm. recognizing those patterns, yeah, it's really cool as a hypnotherapist. We look at, you know, what is the brain doing? What is, what's the behavior going on here? Why are these things happening? Why is the brain doing this? And so I'm very curious about those things and, and noticed these patterns that were very similar across, you know, not every client has all of these patterns or all of these things that are going on, but there were some very similar ones. And so I wanted to, <clears throat> I wanted to write a book that focused on how to help people with some of these issues and get over this this um, kind of this issue of wanting to lose the weight but not actually knowing how to do it successfully. One of the issues that I see all the time is people know how to diet. They know what they're supposed yes. to be doing, right? Yes. Yeah, but knowing isn't enough, right? I mean, if right. it was just a matter of knowing, right? Like It was just like, oh, geez, yeah, I know I'm supposed to um, you know, eat these healthy foods and exercise every day. And if that's all it really took, then I don't think that we would have an issue here. But it's so much more complicated than that. And yeah. uh, the reality is, yeah, there's food everywhere. Everywhere we turn, there's, there's food at events, and food is kind of the solution to a lot of problems. And that's where emotional <laughs> eating comes in, right? Right. So the yeah, the book is written for a person who is really kind of desperate. I mean, mm. you know, they're they're done. They really are done, but they're not entirely hopeless and and they want and need to do something else. They need a new solution. The diet works for 2 weeks and then they're off it again and frustrated even more. So that's who right. the book is for. Yeah. Uh it sounds so wonderful. Erica and I, and I want it to be easy like a simple pill. How do you reprogram your thinking then? What what kind of topics does your book cover? Um it 
covers a couple of different things. First of all, it covers one of the big things is how do we get into this mess in the first place? Like what's going on here? Why, why do we have such a problem with um, eating in the first place? And a lot of it has to do with how we are conditioned from a very young age to be disconnected from our own body's wisdom. So we get disconnected uh-huh. from something called an appetite, right? Um, right. And so, so many of my clients, yeah, so many of my clients uh, tell me that they don't remember the last time they were actually hungry. Wow. So, so they've eating. forgotten to listen to the cues that their body is giving them about eating. That's right. And a lot of times wow. it's because, guess what, they're sitting at the dinner table when they're five years old and their parents tell them, you know what, you're not leaving this dinner table until you finish your vegetables. Until you finish, that's right. right. You know, I'm and another so message, super glad. Right? I am so super yeah. glad we're talking to you right after Halloween because there are like multiple bowls of candy downstairs that are calling out my name even as we're speaking. So this is great information for, for me and our listeners. That's right. And, you know, the other thing, the other common thing is, you know, uh, I call it the, being a member of the Clean Plate Club, right? Yeah. that sound familiar? you got to finish oh, boy, everything does on it. your plate. Right. Right. Um, So there's a lot of misperceptions in thinking that have to be addressed. But then there's also misperceptions and things that are actually going on in our biology that are not helping us. And what you mentioned about Halloween is a very important point because what's really going on is that sugar, the sugar that's in that candy, is really not good for our body. Now, we all know that sugar isn't good for us, but when we look at what's really happening in the body, you know, our blood sugar is spiking and then it's plummeting. And then when Mm. our blood sugar is plummeting, that is when we get a craving. And cravings are really hard for us to avoid and just discount, right? And, And so the way that I explain this to my clients is like, look, a craving is a real feeling. I mean, there is no, you know, you're not making this up. You're not going crazy. A craving is a real feeling. What's happening is your body is kind of, it's almost like an alarm. Like if the smoke detector was going off in your house, you're going to go turn it off and address it and see, okay, who burned the toast or whatever, right? Right. You're not just going to let it sit there and keep on beeping and annoying you. So that's kind of what a craving is in your body. Your body's like, hey, pay attention to this. Your blood sugar is plummeting. Something bad is about to happen. And that's what happens anytime we eat refined uh, carbohydrates and sugars. You get that craving. It's a real sensation. So, you know, avoiding um, – Avoiding those types of foods are really important, and I think a lot of people understand that. But when I share with them what's really going on in the body, it's like, I get it. I, I, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, this is a natural response right. to the body, right? Wow. Um, yeah, and, and the other thing that is really important to understand about all of this, so there's the biology, there's the, the habits, right? But then there's the emotions, and this is really um, a problem for clients. So it's the emotional eating that is really a problem. You know, eating mm. not out of true hunger, right? You're eating because you're sad. You're eating because <laughs> you're upset, right? You had a bad day at work. And, eating because uh, you're happy. <laughs> yeah, true. And exactly. So how do we celebrate? Do we ever have a celebration without food? No. <laughs> I don't exist. Goodness. I know. And, you know, so it's like, have you ever eaten, like, have you ever overeaten broccoli? Or do do you have anybody who, you know, have any problems with too much spinach eating, right? I mean, those types, 
<laughs> those types of things just aren't really usually an issue. Um, I would like that but, to be a problem, though. I would like that to be my problem. <laughs> you know what? I'm probably because I said that I'm probably going to get somebody who's going to email me now and say, "Actually, I eat way too many Brussels sprouts. Can you help?" <laughs> yes, please help me. And then <laughs> right. what's lovely is you'll be able to say, "Yes, I can help you." That's the good thing. <laughs> That's absolutely true, and we'll figure out what is going on with those Brussels sprouts. So, you know, the emotional eating is really a big issue, and people don't understand what's actually happening. Um, They don't realize. So it's common to wake up in the morning and be, you know, you wake up in the morning. If you had a good night's sleep, you wake up with a lot of energy and a lot of hope, and you're like, today's going to be the day, right? Today is going to be the day that I work out, I eat healthy, I'm going to come home and me and my husband or me and my kids are going to take a dog on the walk or go hiking, we're going to have a healthy dinner and and then I'm going to go to sleep, right? And and you have right. all these great plans for the day. But then what happens, right? You Something happens at work or you get stressed and then before you know it, you're picking up McDonald's or you're picking up some food on the way home and you're like, how did I get in the drive-thru? I don't even remember like driving to the drive-thru. You just ended up there. And, right. and so you're disconnected. You're like unconsciously going to help yourself feel better. And so what's happening is that you feel bad and you want to feel better. So this is another biological mm. component that helps a lot of people feel better about this. It's like, you know what? Your brain wants you to feel better. Your brain is constantly turning you toward pleasure and away from pain. So when you feel bad, your brain just wants you to feel better. And quite frankly, it doesn't care if it's food or not. It's just food is so easy. It's so simple. It's everywhere. And so food is just the easiest thing. It's everywhere. You just have it in your drawer. Um, and you can just grab that candy bar and feel better for about, I don't know, a minute. A few minutes, uh, yeah, a few minutes maximum. Yeah, I mean, and then you feel worse, right? So tell me, because you have a, a large background in, you know, hypnotherapy and weight loss, and you said earlier that you saw these patterns. You know, with a lot of authors, they actually had trouble picking a topic. And I don't get the feeling that that's, that was trouble for you. No, it wasn't. Um, so my background before I was a hypnotist, I was a software engineer. So pattern <laughs> recognition is like, I mean, I can see it even when I don't want to see it. You know what I mean? I'm like, whoa, what's going on over there? Okay. Um, you know, um, so pattern recognition is really, I don't know, I think it's fascinating. So I, it was really easy for me to pick these things out. I actually... Um, I've always been interested in weight loss. I mean, I had my own struggles with weight at a point in my life and have gone mm-hmm. through – I mean, I've tried a lot of diets, too. I've tried, like, um, Weight Watchers and, and all sorts of other different things with moderate success. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of programs out there that have a lot of good things to say, a lot of Definitely. good ideas. But most of them don't address habits, and most don't address emotional eating. So they missed two big pieces there. As far as choosing the topic for my book, um, what really got me interested and just so fired up about hypnosis in the first place, like why did I leave my corporate job that was, you know, very successful in this corporate job, making good money and and with the benefits and everything, right? Why would I do that? Um, I just got so fired up about hypnosis because it really gives us our own power back. We all have the power inside of us to do anything we want. 
And so hypnosis gives us that power back. That's really what I'm helping people with. I'm helping them reconnect with their own inherent power. And so that's why I wanted to write a book. I just kept on saying, you know what? This woman came in to lose weight, but guess what? She came back because she wants to now leave her job, right? She's so (laughs) inspired. Not only is she losing weight, but she's like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing in this job? Like, I'm just, like, playing small, right? So she gets a new job, and then... Yeah, and now she's inspiring her people in her life, and she's just uplifting. She's like lights up the room when she walks in the room, and so that's what I wanted to write a book about, how the inherent power inside of every single person is so important to reconnect with that. And and then through working with um, the Difference Press process, this is why I was so happy that I found the Difference Press because <laughs> um, – <laughs> I don't really, you know, I want to keep doing what I'm really good at. And I'm really, I'm a really great hypnotist. And I understand, um, you know, all of these things about mind and how to change habits and and how the brain is working and and, and all of those things. But writing a book and the book process, like how do you get books in front of people that will make a difference? Like, are they going to read them? That I wasn't, uh, yeah, I wasn't really sure about how to do that. And so after I started working with the Difference Press, I realized it's really important to ver- be very specific. And so I chose like a very mm-hmm. specific audience. Um, and so I chose the audience that I see day in and day out and the one where I am, you know, I'm making the biggest difference in my practice with pe- helping people lose weight. They come in to lose weight, but they leave having lost the weight, but they leave way more than that. So I always want my clients to leave, you know, with way more than what they expected to come in with. They come back with, like, meeting themselves, their true self for the first time. Happiness, joy, just really, really cool things. And so that's what I wanted to, uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write the book for um, people who are losing weight. They think they're coming in really, it's about weight loss or eating and once we fix that, they realize there's just so much more going on there. Oh, see, that's incredible. But what that what that leads me to think is that while you were writing, did you get distracted at all? Because there's so much information about you know sort of connecting with yourself, and then how that connection with yourself essentially changes everything in your life. So right. how did you stay on? How'd you stay focused? How'd you stay on topic with the oh, weight loss as your primary goal? Right, because the the reality is, I could, I mean, this I could write probably a bunch more books on this topic uh, or related right. to this topic. And so this is where the guidance of a professional is just so valuable. And you know, <laughs> in my in my life. I have learned uh, a couple lessons that I will always, you know, it's kind of like my go-to. It's like if I want to buy something, maybe I go look on Amazon first because, you know, that's just kind of my go-to thing, right? Or if I'm going to go local, maybe I'll go to Costco first. Well, my go-to thing when I'm trying to learn something is I find the best in the business and I model (laughs) after them. Why should I try and and reinvent the wheel, right? I want to keep doing what I'm good at, right? And so – when it came time to staying focused for this book, it was really hard. I wanted to kind of go off on tangents and, and, and um, you know, I could just keep expanding about how to change a habit, for example, because this topic is just fascinating and there's all sorts of really uh, amazing neuroscience that's coming out nearly every day. Like every day I could update my book with the new latest neuroscience <laughs> um, article talking about habitual change and neuroplasticity and all this really cool stuff. Um, 
but I had to be focused. And the reason is because the audience, my audience, my desperate, hopeless person mm. who wants to lose weight doesn't want to read all that stuff. They need help. Ah. They need a hopeful message, right? So I had to stay on topic for them. This, is, this book is written for them. It's not for me. It's not for me to, like, think about all the cool things that I like to think about and write about them, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> that's your journal. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's my journal. It's for them. And so, you know, this mm. is where my editor was so valuable because even if I knew that in my head – it would still be very easy for me to get off track, off topic, because it's me. It's like trying to see the forest through the trees. It's like right. I'm in the middle of it. I can't see that I am not – I can't see that I'm off track, right? Right. Um, and I, I can't unknow what I already know. And so having somebody else, like my editor, look at and say, okay, this is interesting, but it's it's off topic or it's not – um, I don't think it's useful. I, I think we need to cut this because, you know, your readers are going to get off track. And I want them to read the book. I want them to read the whole book and get enough out of it to feel hopeful again. That's really what I want my readers to do. I want them to read the book and say, oh, my gosh, I think they're, I am not as hopeless. I think there's a way. And they're going to be re- – the book is full of inspirational client wins, inspirational client stories of people who have done this and some of the things that they oh, experienced great. and learned through the process. So they're going to be, like, resonating with, oh, my gosh, that's me. Oh, my gosh, that's me. And this person did it. And I understand myself a little bit more now. And, wow, I think I actually – I think somebody actually understands me, right? Yes. I think it's important, particularly with a topic like this, to interweave those success stories with – the the facts. Absolutely. We learn by metaphor and storytelling. <laughs> That's what keeps people really engaged, right? So, yeah, if you can teach in your message while you're telling a really awesome story, that's what people are going to remember, and that's what keeps them engaged and excited. And and really, you know, if somebody could pick up my book and just even just read the first chapter and be like, oh, my gosh, I feel better already. And this is what I have clients – like when I talk to clients on the phone um, – about you know getting started working with me that type of a thing i started mm-hmm. noticing just like just a little bit of information and feeling like somebody understands you the pressure is off just a little bit because you're not as hopeless anymore right right yeah right that's amazing so you know you already had a really successful practice before you wrote your book how has the book helped the book helped with your practice well i think um you know, I realized that I can really only help so many people at one time. <laughs> the work that I do is very personal, right? So it's one-on-one. Right. I help maybe maybe 10 to 15 people a month. And so I was getting really, like, lots of energy and passion and excited about helping more and more people, but I'm, I, I, I just um, couldn't figure out how to do it in a way that would actually be as effective. And so mm. writing the book was a way for me to have a message that people could review and have kind of reusable information that they could go back and read it again, that type of a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And so my business has definitely grown because of it. And my clients are coming into session now having already read my book. So guess what's happening now? They already are like, you know, they're already implementing some of the things that we talk about. So we get to go even further. They're understanding it even ahead of time. So it has almost up-leveled the, the people that come to you even. 
Right. Yeah, because now, and not everybody, you know, I, I tell people, you know what, you don't have to read uh, the book. I, I give people a, a hypnosis relaxation CD. You don't have to listen to the CD. You don't have to read the book to be successful, right? Of course but not. I have a lot of clients who are so tired of how they're feeling. They want to be successful, like, instantaneously. Like, they want the pill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't so, we all? <laughs> like, yeah, I know. And and so this, it's interesting because um, once people are kind of start working with the mind and hypnosis and and changing habits and then getting rid of the emotional component for um, that keeps us eating when we're not even hungry, people realize, you know what, this is actually really simple. Um, And I'm surprised how simple it is. It's not hard. When you're eating properly, like eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full, you are giving your body the energy nutrition that it needs. You do not need to deprive yourself whatsoever. So deprivation does not work. Um, And this is all about eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full. So you're not depriving yourself at all. What you're doing is you're reprogramming how you think and feel to be back in line with the way that your body was naturally designed to be in the first place, right? If you look at how kids eat, most kids want to eat when they're hungry. You try and give them food like carrots when they want to play. They just want to play, right? They won't. They won't eat. I have two kids. My kids will not eat if they're not hungry. I, I've yep. learned watching them over the years. It's it's fascinating to me, and they do stop when they're full. They'll yep. physically push their plate away, and every time they do it, every day, Erica, I I admire them. <laughs> yep. Good. Well, I'm glad that you're not forcing them to eat. And and granted, no. you know, there are certain times when we need, you know, we we need our kids to eat at certain times of the day because we don't want to be feeding them on their schedule per se. But I think we have of to course. balance that. Right. Right. I mean, we definitely have, you know, like a set meal time, like, you know, in the morning is breakfast. But whether you eat one bagel or a bagel and an apple or two eggs and four pieces of toast or, you know, whatever is really just dependent on your hunger. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I had a client earlier this week. She said, I couldn't believe it, Erica. I well, first of all, she lost five pounds in one week, which is great. Um, wow. She said, she said she ate pizza, she ate pasta, she just ate half, and she was totally <laughs> satisfied. She said, normally I'd eat three pieces of pizza, but I had one piece of pizza and a salad. I was totally satisfied. I was just eating. She said, I was just eating too much food. I, I just wasn't thinking about it. And so when I just thought, geez, am I still hungry? No. She stopped eating. She lost weight, wasn't deprived, and when we don't overeat, we also one of the the natural first things that happens when we're eating too much food, our body is processing more food, so we have it drains our energy. Okay, mm, and so when we yes. stop eating so much food, we have more energy. Isn't that incredible? I know it's really we, awesome. I have to point that out it, to my clients. You feel better, don't you? Even though you have, you know, you probably <laughs> lost a pound or two, but you feel great. More energy. So listening to you, though, it sounds so easy, and it's not. And I think, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's just—it's not easy to listen to those cues. So, how does hypnosis play a role in that? The hypnosis. really keeps kind of like the knee-jerk reaction. So it brings, first of all, awareness to it. Like, okay, why Uh are you doing this habitual thing? Okay, so eating and watching television, eating and watching television, eating and watching television, um, really what's happening is you are wiring in your brain two things together, eating and watching television. And now if you sit down to eat 
or if you sit, sorry, if you sit down to watch television, you're going to feel a compulsion to eat because those two things in your brain are wired together. Okay, so we fix that, first of all. The second thing that we do is we can get rid of emotions that don't need to be there anymore. So emotions that just really aren't serving um, us anymore. And a lot of times what happens is um, at times in our life when we have either traumatic experience, it doesn't even have to be traumatic. Sometimes it's just an experience where um, you misunderstand something, but there was mm-hmm. a uh, a message or something, you know, for example, um, one of the messages that my client got was, um, you know, um, in order to grow up big and strong, you have to eat everything on your plate. So, you know, uh-huh. in order to be a man, you have to grow, you know, it was something like that. And so the idea right. was uh, with this with this gentleman, he's not a man if he doesn't eat all the food on his plate. <laughs> he didn't wow. realize that that message was still floating around in his brain. He wasn't consciously aware of it. Of course not. But he didn't feel good unless he ate all the food on his plate. And then he was gaining weight as he got older. And so we can... Yep, so we can figure out what's really going on in there and then fix all of that. And then people, really what's happening is we're getting rid of things that clients don't need anymore, messages, limiting beliefs, right, emotions that aren't helpful anymore, and people end up feeling lighter and better. They just feel more like themselves. It doesn't change their personality or anything. It makes them feel like it's like returning them to themselves. So I think a lot of people's exposure to hypnosis, though, it isn't always, you know, it's what we see on TV or like, you know, magic shows. And so I think people are always concerned about what, are you going to put something in my mind or are you just helping me take things out of it when we do hypnosis? Right, right. And, you know, both is true, but what I put in people's minds are always things that we talk about ahead of time. And so (laughs) I'm not putting it there. It's like, oh, hey, um, you know, do you want the message that you drink um, you know, five glasses of water every day, that type of a thing, or you enjoy uh-huh. some type of activity or you're eating healthy or maybe, you know, you're eating um, you're eating, eating particular types of food. But uh, as a hypnotist, this is a big part of my job, is to help people understand really what hypnosis is. Um, right. You know, what you see in Hollywood and the movies and uh, even to some extent um, stage shows at the fair, that type of a thing, that's not really what we do. <laughs> In the hypnosis office, right? I have people asking, are you going to make me uh, bark like a dog? And I'm like, well, I don't think that that would therapeutically be anything of value to you. So, no, uh, I'm not at all. Uh, But here's the bottom line. Hypnosis is a normal and natural state of mind. We go into states of hypnosis every single day. So it's normal and natural. It's not anything that you haven't already done before. Anytime that you're doing something and you just kind of lose track of time because you're highly focused, that's right. very likely a state of hypnosis. So wow. watching a really good television show or a really good movie or, you know, maybe I, I bet a bunch of people, um, you know, watching sports programs or going to a concert or something like that, they're highly focused. And so that's all hypnosis is. And it's really, you know, it's not mind control at all. The hypnotist has no control over <laughs> the client at all. It's uh it's really about that client getting more control over their own life is really what it comes down to. And, you know, nobody can be hypnotized against their will. And so mm-hmm. it really comes down to, yes, I want help. And and um, when they want that help, then you talk with them about the changes that they want to make. Wow. I, that technique right there sounds amazing. And let's flip it a little bit. And what advice would you give to any 
want to be authors out there who are having trouble with that control and that focus? What's something that they can do to maybe focus on their topics and get their books written? Begin with the end in mind. Uh-huh. Imagine that you're seeing your whomever your ideal reader is. Imagine that they are now achieving the result that they want. And then imagine maybe that you've interviewed them or that you're talking with them and seeing. So, in, you know, beginning with the end in mind is really important. And, and recognizing that information doesn't really teach people. Like we, we, are, right. we have information overload. Information right. doesn't teach people, right? It is like when we do things, right, or when we feel something. So that's why this book is full of really great inspirational stories. I want somebody to feel something and resonate with it. That's what changes people and teaches them something. The story about the girl who doesn't have to drink margaritas on Taco Tuesday anymore, right? <laughs> The 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 guy who used to drink wine and, and riding his bike but now realizes he just really likes to be out riding his bike. He doesn't need to drink a half a bottle of of wine anymore. Or somebody, you know, who realizes uh that the food never really helped him feel better. And so if they're not feeling well emotionally, the best thing for them to do is call their sister on the phone or go for a walk around the block. Wow. So powerful. I love how how maybe we've just helped some listeners start to reprogram their weight and focus on their books. We couldn't ask for a better episode. <laughs> Thank you, Erica. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Oh, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm just really uh, grateful to the um, Difference Press and Angela Loria and the Author Incubator for everything that they've done in helping me get this message out there. Thank you. If anyone listening wants to get in touch with Erica, you can find her on the web, CascadeHypnosisCenter.com, CascadeHypnosisTraining.com, or ReprogramYourWeight.com. Any of those will lead you to Erica and maybe working with her. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, Erica on this journey that we've had today about weight loss and writing your book and really following your dreams. Thank you, and join us next week. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.